0: You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different.
1: I remember it like it was yesterday. That's because it was. I was in the living room of my studio suite, working on an impressionistic painting for an important client of mine. When all of a sudden, this big, bright light came shining in through the window. Well, I'll be darn tootin', that light was coming from an alien spaceship. And from that alien spaceship came... Beaming into my living room, a group of aliens. Now, you might think I was scared or alarmed. But let me tell you, these aliens were absolute gentlemen. They said good evening. They asked me how I was doing. And they communicated it all through telepathy. No noise complaints from the neighbors. Well, after exchanging a few pleasantries, the aliens asked me if I'd like to go aboard their spaceship. I said, well, would I? Next thing I knew, we were in full ...orbit around the planet. Mother Earth is a ball of joy from the outside. You just want to eat her up. But that's not all. Then... ...the aliens asked me... ...if I wanted to visit other galaxies with them. And I said, wow, don't threaten me with a good time. Let's go. In our interstellar voyages, these aliens proved to me that all of life is a circle whose center is everywhere, but whose circumference is nowhere and then they brought me back home just in time for jeopardy so take my advice get abducted by aliens tonight i'm about to get abducted all over again line abductions.
0: We'll treat you like a human being. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 26, Apocalypse Now and Then. All right, get out of the pool. Come on, let's get out of the pool. Come on. Then nope, up, nope, nope. Time to get out of the pool. Time to come out. Oh, isn't that just the worst? We've all known that. We've heard that. Even if you didn't hear those exact words when you were freer, wilder, Ie, when you were a kid, some bogus ass adult said something like that. Come out of the pool. Come on, let's go. Uh, How rude of me to start the show like that. It was just the first phrase that came to mind, and it kind of uh, both aggravates and delights me. (laughs) Welcome back, my friends. This is Alex Rogers. Recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is... The Now. And I who just said that, best better remember that, because boy have I been forgetting that as of late. But as of late does not equate the now, for the now outruns the as of late and the things to come. And I hope to find myself nearer and nearer to what is already happening if I just wouldn't trip up and get in my own way of seeing it and feeling it for myself and perhaps you can relate and welcome <laughs> I'm glad you can come back to us now actually no I'm not going to go into I was about to go into a, so another character there and there's time enough for characters but let me just acknowledge what needs to be said right off the bat uh, anyone who actually is uh, listening to this on a weekly basis first of all thank you very Very, very, very much, and I hope I can continue to uh, delight you, shock you, dazzle you, razzle you, jump you around, and take you to the moon. The more we can do that together, uh, the better. And uh, I didn't show up last week, and uh, you all who uh, are paying attention may have noticed that. And I, I'm very sorry that I couldn't provide an episode for last week. I could not responsibly put myself together into any semblance of a professional showman. That's the cleanest and most eloquent way I can put it. But as we know, clean, eloquent things are there to break down and rip open let's see what you really got in there. Well, there was just a lot going on. And, you know, I have to further acknowledge, you can hear it in the previous episode, 25. Uh, That one, you know, you can hear a little bit of Angry Alex coming through there. A little bit of what uh, my dear friend and our fearless leader, Nas Red, calls Atomic Alex. Uh, he was leaking through a little. A few little uh, nuclear blasts were going a little
1: blah, blah, blah,
0: out of him. And it's it's a weird thing that I'm finding, folks. It's the delicate balance. To what degree are you being entertaining? And to what degree are you being edgy and stabbing into the fat of dumb people? human behavior and satirizing it to its greatest potential and and when does it then sound like just an angry guy who's getting annoyed by life and and is that funny too you know for me i like the ranting comedians i love when lewis black loses his mind with anger My favorite phase in George Carlin's career is the older, angrier Carlin, the like early 90s Carlin or all through the 90s, where he he even has one album that's just titled You're All Diseased or something like that. And, you know, this is also the guy who, especially in his younger career, it was kind of like a a pothead observational humor of how life is full of these things, man. And that is totally viable and beautiful. He also, as we found later in life, had the side of him where he's like, here's another group of people who should be slowly tortured in front of their family members. (laughs) There are yin and yang sides to the beast that tries to be funny. And um, for my own part... I felt that um, while I really was earnestly trying to be funny in that episode where I was going on about people being weaklings about the weather and even going after dummy-ass boyfriends, uh, there was a lot of anger creeping through it. And some of it, even at the time, I was aware of. I removed three minutes or so of that segment because I was talking about another type of dumb behavior that I thought I was having a good riff on and when I listened back to it it just sounded a little bit leaning on the side of hate rather than on the goofing on because I I guess what is best is if you're gonna go after something in this kind of light where we're trying to keep it kind of funny and silly that it doesn't become all hate and I must admit that when I start to get fed up and there's some part of me that I'm not feeding, that I'm not filling, that I'm not nurturing and nourishing, something in me starts to get super judgy and extremely antagonistic. And I'm not taking care of myself in those moments bottom line as a man and therefore as an effective performer oops and if you heard that slam don't don't be scared That no one's mad in this house it's just that we in, in my crib oh, ah, no 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 go back to sleep perhaps. okay there there we go that's good that's good uh, no, 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 just, you know, different people, uh, different rooms. So if you hear any doors closing or any uh, motors outside, it's just, you know, what we're working with right here, folks. But we've all collectively, whether we're very aware of it, if we can point to it, or if we've been just kind of in the distant haze of our general awareness, have seen when the clown is not having a good day. And suddenly, what is otherwise kind of a, uh, in the name of, no matter how crazy he gets, he wants to keep you laughing, uh, there's a part that's coming out that's almost a little bit of a kind of fascist punisher. <laughs> Surely you're speaking hyperbole, young man. Well, actually, sir, I dare not hyperbolize. I dare theorize, well go to, go to man, explain yourself, then let I myself lay it to you, the people of the court, that in one's quest to be funny one garners many an attention, and maybe in so doing sometimes runs the risk of taking that attention and filling holes that he himself should fill with own self-love, vis-a-vis that which is given free by that which is. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Blasphemy! Absolute blasphemy! The court does not recognize that word here. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm in the wrong establishment. But I would like to... Bring to the court Exhibit A, and it shall be the only exhibit of the day. So A is the day, and yay, say A. Uh, the, uh, I want to play you all, yeah, I'm, I'm breaking out of character now. Can you tell? I took off the makeup. I took off the costume. I'm an actor. It's my job to put on characters. Every day I come into the theater, and I sit down, and I look at the people in the eye, and I say, I'm going to tell you a story and through the power of makeup and costume and magic and wonder and suspension of disbelief and old-time yore, tales of times long forgotten and of whisperings of a future telling, we shall come together and form the theater in its finest form. Yeah, well, that's very nice, but um, I have an iPhone, and <laughs> I beat you. So, um, I want to present to you this is very embarrassing for me folks no joke I'm, gonna, I'm i've i've been kind of stalling here because you know uh, another side of the man who likes to be funny is that while his jokes and voices are absolutely integral to his true character and meant to be given free in all times sometimes they're also used as a little bit of a defense uh, to avoid the point and the truth so let me just divest myself of the characters for a moment and uh, I want to just play you all one little clip of my attempt to record an episode last week. Uh, There's some strong language. Uh, If there's children in the room, uh, I'm going to ask you, what the hell are you doing listening to my show with your kids in the room? What are you out of your mind? Are you trying to raise a generation of more werewolves? (laughs) Save yourselves and your families. (laughs) All right. Mm -hmm. I said I wasn't going to do another character, at least not until I play this little clip here. Uh, but of course, I do have to strive to make this somewhat entertaining. So you will know that the clip has started and ended based on these um, ever so classic harp sounds that we all kind of get in our collective minds. Means a uh, remember that time and then ah, we're back to this time so whew, deep breath I present to you all Alex Angry trying to record an episode and letting a car alarm send him into the deep red the infrared please listen and uh, I'll be here on the other side to catch you all because don't worry it's still me these fucking idiots with their fucking car alarms. There's so much of that shit, and I don't believe that your car is going off because someone actually tried to break in. I don't fucking buy that. I do not believe that your car alarm is going off because someone actually tried to break in. It's because you have this piece of shit machinery that was specifically designed to just go off at any possible vibration. And you, the car owner, are the last,
1: last,
0: Person to know that that's happening. So you just pollute the fucking planet with your fucking noise while we have to hear it. And then your sorry little tired, doughy, frankly bitch ass self comes out and goes, oh, I better beep beep. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Guys, I'm so embarrassed. I'm, I'm, I'm red as a tomato i'm as rouge as a tomato guys that i mean and that's the only halfway usable audio i could salvage from what literally had to be the plug pulled on last week's episode i was too out of control i i mean that you know look to quote from the big lebowski you're not wrong you're just an asshole." Guys, I'm not wrong right there. We we all can't stand uh, car alarms and you can't tell me that uh, that I'm completely incorrect that they never have actually served in the actual in what they say there for, which is security. They've never actually done that. They really are pretty much noise pollution. But um but that volume, that intensity, that condemnation of humanity that you can hear in that. Oh my gosh. And that's not entirely new on this show. And I can't promise I won't jump into that zone again. But I just, that level of anger, I I hope some of you still laughed. And I hope in the context that I'm presenting it today, in the uh, framing of today's, hey, I'm back, I'm trying to find my footing, hello, doing my best here, kind of episode... Um, that we do see the humor in that because we've all launched into the red. It just happens. Um, but yeah, just I, I couldn't I could not put my thoughts together in an, even a halfway funny, which therefore means halfway entertaining, or, or even to be deep. I, I I thought, yeah, I'm heated about some stuff and folks, what I'm heated about, nah, not gonna get into it on this episode. There, there's, a, there's a journey for everything, and I find myself, and I think, I'd like to believe that we've all been here before, but back when Star Wars was utterly cool and hadn't fallen apart, i.e. really just after the first two movies, uh, when Yoda was a, a sock puppet, I know he wasn't a sock puppet, you know what I mean, though, when he was just a hand puppet, just like a simple, uh, m- you know, handmade uh, creature uh, that's when he was at his most zenful, Tao, Buddha, blow-your-mind master. And he tried to tell Luke, "Hey, you're not ready uh, to go face Vader. And I, I, and I realized that's not how Yoda would say it. Ready? You are not. And I don't exactly remember everything verbatim, but the point is, what I'm really getting at here is that Luke always goes in that moment, when we watch that movie, we see him go off foolheartedly. And what's he gonna do? He's gonna he thinks he's ready to tackle the fuck the king fucking daddy of trauma and darkness and antagonism. And it costs him his hand. It's, it's, it's maybe the most important Zen lessons the whole Star Wars franchise has ever given us. After that, it's all rides. And, and the next flavor we want you hooked on. Uh, and, and, and that's as much as I'm going to say, because we know how I can get a little atomic on that. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's, I, I was chopping off my own hand. I, I thought I could get into some darkness that I thought I could bring onto the show. I thought I could wrestle with it, and I thought I could put it in its corner and come out victorious. And I was just from the start chopping off my hand. And it was really embarrassing, folks, because I was doing that at the office, at the Wild 7 office. That volume carries. My coworkers were hearing me getting to that level of anger where anyone has every right. To listen to that and go, whoa, 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 that doesn't sound like we're play acting here. I tried to make as best peace as I could by talking about and acknowledging my behavior to those with whom I work. Uh, to my uh, w- relief, and I really, I should say, to my humility, truly, to my like gratitude and, and humility. That they uh, were more concerned for me rather than, like, perhaps, I don't know, disappointed in me, which was my biggest fear. That, and you know, it's not just condensed to that sound that I played for you all back there. This is a tone that is part of a grand symphony that we've all heard and some of us have even sung out ourselves. Um... And it's just, it's a form of, of getting it off your chest that sometimes is very cool. And, and, and I, what I'm, guess I'm trying to say here is I, I do like, as the aforementioned comedians, to walk that tightrope where I absolutely slay and vilify and ridicule things that I find utterly repulsive and reprehensible and stupid, uh, and I also, and I don't want to leave that alone because I, I, I don't. I, it's not really in my nature to just only default to nice guy. But I do want to be sweet, you know. I, I got rainbow font in my logo, which is still a work in progress, by the way. Everything, everything here is a work in progress. Every day is a work in progress. You know, I, I, when I finish my episodes, I listen to them, and in that moment, I think, at the time, yes. I'm okay with releasing that. And I've listened back to a couple of things and I'm like, no, that's out there. Okay, uh, all right. Because we change, we change. But I knew enough, at least, to pull the plug on myself last week. And I had to do what we have to do in those moments, which was to find my support group and talk to some people who are very much in the position to truly help me and understand me. And uh, we're only a week later, folks, so it's not like I magically figured it out. There's a lot of work to be done. As I say this to you all, I, I feel a little embarrassed, a little bashful, a little kind of lowercase sh shame, but not cripplingly so because I almost feel a little bit more relieved to just kind of keep it real and it's not a revolutionary thought I just want to sort of speak from the pilot seat of this experience that yeah we all get into a little bit of anger and that's been a hard one for all of us to understand because Sometimes we see too much of it in the household growing up. Sometimes we see a total lack of it in the household growing up. And then we encounter various people who had their fair share of either or direction. And we are just trying to figure ourselves out in this strange emotional map, a map that I, being a man, often go driving without because I don't need it. I can do it off of gut and know-how. Oops. So I crashed my vehicle. I chopped off my hand. I castrated myself. Decapitated myself. The whole thing. Had to put myself in timeout. Oh, man. the, the, uh, The feeling of just not being able to get the episode out last week was mortifying. But I think what would have been worse is, fuck it, that's what I felt, I'm gonna release all of my anger and you all can deal with it. That's not fair to you guys. That's truly not fair to you guys because I I want us all to be laughing here and I hope that when I tease groups of people and when I get mad at this person and that person that I'm actually bringing out... A kind of yeah, right. T. Ooh, he said that. Ah, <laughs> and then moving on. I'd like to be that. And I'm just saying honestly, folks, that maybe I'm not that all the time. And maybe I can do a little bit better. And maybe I'm almost on it. But as we who really start to kind of see when you're almost on it you sometimes fall right back to what seemingly feels like square one but I feel like once again growing is happening and it was a lesson and isn't that interesting too is that lessons and lectures both of those l words they they don't they kind of come with a little don't you get a little jolt little knee jerk little ugh. let that be a lesson to you young man you know that that's uh that that's something that we've all kind of heard or or young lady if that applies to you or you know uh a lecture can you kill can you spare me the lecture you know, like these were supposed to be great things. A lecture was supposed to be a gathering of minds to understand something fascinating just a little bit deeper to, to educate. Even education has a weight to it because we're like, oh God, I oh, know, education, it just sounds so dense. No, it's supposed to be blowing our minds, opening it, having us go, wow. So if that's that what if i do that you know lesson man a spiritual lesson that's what i've been kind of calling it more and more whatever it is god goddess goodness the fate spirit consequence chance whoops all of it 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 just said to me last week nah not happening So it didn't happen. But we're happening right now. And I want to thank you all for having me back. This is an ongoing and ever-changing discovery of what my soul and presentation of soul is all about. So this is not the end of that conversation. It's just all I got to say about it for right now. As for Look, as for lighter subjects, I like when people sometimes say that what do they mean by that, a lighter subject? You know, something that doesn't involve anyone's feelings, just a nice kind of sterile. Oh, isn't that nice over there? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> well, yes. Yes, this is lighter. And boy, is it light. It's not just light. It's neon, baby. All right, brace yourselves for those of you who are like, Jesus, this guy's becoming a Nicholas Winding Refn fanboy. Yeah, I kind of am now. Um, Remember when I said that I was watching this series that he did? It was kind of, it's a close-ended little experiment. I don't think he intended to do anything beyond a first season, so I guess we could call it a mini-series. And he co-wrote it with Ed Brubaker, and it's called Too Old to Die Young. And uh, I wasn't sure about it last time I talked to y'all. I wasn't quite knowing if I was liking it, because I'll be the first to admit it. The first three episodes, man, they really... I was like, okay, uh, I'm... uh. And each episode, by the way, for the most part, 90 minutes. Uh. So I was a little like, I don't know, I don't know. But, you know, I am the guy, though, who has been watching many times over the last few weeks, Only God Forgives... And uh, had a pleasant uh, rewatch of uh, both Drive and the Neon Demon. So I've been kind of getting back into this man's work. I even rewatched Bronson, by the way. Ooh, Bronson is so funny. Uh, all right, to close this one off, folks, I want to give you all two d- recommendations. Now, one recommendation I can fully say is worth watching, and again, as you all may have noticed, I kind of like violent things. I kind of like grotesquely big, bizarre, weird things. So you know, we got to understand if that's already kind of in your direction. Well, then all the better. But one of his earlier movies, Nicholas Winding Refn's movies, is Bronson. I told you guys a little bit about it before, so I won't really get into it now. I'll just say, man, is Tom Hardy great in that? It's such a good performance. It's really comical and if anyone goes it's a little larger than life yeah yeah and it absolutely required it for that presentation that movie it's so good so that one i can say go for it have a blast now too old to die young i did it i completed it i lived through it i don't have the t-shirt but i do have the memories and they're intact and oof it was a uh, it was a fantastic experience but I cannot in good faith nor good conscience recommend it to y'all. Uh, so I can only unconsciously recommend it to you <laughs> I'd have to be like in a and moment sort of looking half dazed, half phased, half hazed. And look to you and go, maybe you should watch that. <laughs> Maybe you should watch it on your own time. Man, the Cliff Martinez score is out of this world. If you don't even want to watch the series, just that soundtrack. Oh, baby. It's so good. It's so goddamn good. But I'll just say this the series got really cool for me. It was the slowest burn to a mid-season, or not season, we should just call this an experience, but midway through this experience at episode five. Oh, man, shit became crazy. Basically, our main character, who is a psychopath, and I mean that clinically. I, I honestly think that we were given a character who is always just a little bit out of place in every social situation. And sure enough, he kind of has no issue. In fact, no feeling. Literally, he even says, I have no feeling when I murder people. But he is kind of like a hitman. A hitman? He's a hitman, uh, as well as being a, a police officer, a detective. And like on his downtime from detective policing, he's doing hits. And killing people and really not questioning it but then he starts to want to go after the truly repulsive reprehensible awful people on the planet and in episode five i don't want to spoil nothing but he goes into the criminal underworld of a really seedy part of existence and uh it ends up in a car chase that I've never seen happen before, and it was brilliant. It was so well done. We all know the <laughs> car chase. We know that one. Every car chase feels like a car chase. High octane, big loud effects, that music. <laughs> or if it's, that, that's kind of 90s onwards. If it were 70s, would be... <laughs> Sorry, my, my, uh, my wah-wah pedal is much better usually, but I think I'm a little parched and couldn't quite do it. I'm so sorry. I couldn't do the wah-wah pedal. Um, this car chase is set to bury Manilow's Mandy. Uh, If if you don't know what that is, I'll try to give you an example. And let's see if I I sing better than or worse than Barry Manilow. And for haters out there, they'll probably say, what's the difference? Oh, stop that now. That's not nice. All right, it's kind of like this.
1: Oh, Mandy. And you gave and you saved and you made me. And I give that to you, Mandy.
0: Okay, well, that, I I I truly massacred that. It doesn't. He sounds much better than I do. I'm just clowning here, but you know what? It, like like, it, imagine a car chase. It's an all night car chase, by the way. It's like they're following this guy all night long on like you know the 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 headlight lit highway of nighttime time, uh, with great montages of everyone's face involved in this crime caper car chase, but. It's not moving like a car chase. It's not edited that way. It's like a nostalgic travelogue.
1: <laughs>
0: Man, I, I'd almost recommend... Yeah, just jump into episode five. You got nothing to lose. And just, you'll have no context of the characters, but it is, unto itself, a complete episode. It has an arc. It has a very surprise ending. And it's It's great. And, you know, the whole experience, man, if you can handle glacially paced weirdness with beautifully neon lit scenes, uh, excellent score. But be warned, damn near X-rated content and uh, freaky shit, too. That's the best I can say is freaky ass shit. You have been warned and you have been invited. Uh, Do what thou wilt. Well, there you go, folks. I feel like I'm a little more on the index of what I like to be for the most part on this show. Um, These things come and go, man. We got feelings, we got dealings. And from them, we are sometimes reeling. It's just one of those things. But I'm glad I'm able to be a little bit transparent with you all about it. And I'm going to keep it as real as possible without putting y'all off, if I can. So, I say this at the end of every episode, and today I say it with a little extra scoop of sincerity. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme.